Hello, now, Patrick. Now we just need to get the intro music done. Intro music done. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Gregorian Rant. Uh, I am your priest host, Father Brian Larkin. I'm here with my good friend, Patrick Deveni. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> now, we are also joined today by Megan Carney, who's one of our staff. She's just looking at us strangely. Yes. You know. Judging us in the corner of my peripheral right now. But here we are. Episode number one. Episode one. This is exciting. We've been talking about this a long time. It's been a long time. We've been uh, promoted uh, kind of preemptively by Father Mike Rapp and Catholic stuff. At least he didn't suggest that people should send you more rabbits. That's true. Ceramic that rabbits. Yeah. yeah. And his intense following on that podcast. Yeah, don't, don't send me ceramic rabbits. I don't actually collect them. Father Mike said that in a homily at our church. It was crazy. Now we're just going to get him back somehow. When this thing makes it, we'll send it to, we'll, we'll repay him. Yeah. Uh, so this is Gregorian rant. Uh, so a little bit about ourselves. So um, I am a priest in the flesh been a priest for 10 years. Uh, I am the pastor of Our Lady of Lords here in scenic Denver, Colorado. Uh, we have a school and a hospital nearby. You might hear the siren uh, from an ambulance going right by right now. And uh, we have just an awesome church here. And uh, so I've been a priest 10 years. I am, uh, what did I say, a beautiful 40-year-old prime of life. Uh, CU grad. CU grad. University of Colorado, but we call it CU yes. here in Colorado for some strange reason. Uh, Which, yeah, I've actually never understood that. No one ever gets that. You know, when yeah. people always think, you'll hear out of towners say, oh, so did you go to UC? That's right. And, uh, and you're a California boy, so you're used to like, isn't that how they do it in California? The UC, Santa That's Barbara right. or whatever? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so what about you? So I am a recent Catholic, I guess, Come back to the faith. I was baptized. You're Catholic. a revert. I'm a revert. Um, was big into uh, Christmas and Easter mass uh, with the family, with grandma, but never really understood the faith and really um, started dating my now wife and thought I was going to convert her to be a Protestant at one of the big Walmart-sized churches out here. And, uh, well, she won that battle. And I showed up to Lourdes with you, met with you a few times. Again, you won that battle. And uh, yeah, I was confirmed into the church about a year and a half ago and started working here at Our Lady of Lourdes with you. And uh, we've had just way too many good conversations that I kind of figured we should put this on a podcast. Did you always dream of working at a Catholic church? I honestly... Never in a million years thought right. I'd be working for any church. Right. <laughs> yeah. I was on a much different path before church life. Yeah, you were you were on a different path. So I don't think you mentioned that you played football for UC. I did yeah. with the good old Buffaloes up there. Yes, originally you mentioned that I was from originally from California, and then uh, I had a chance to come out to CU. And played football out there in the non-glory days. Graduated about 10 years ago. And that actually was a big part of my journey to faith was um, post-football. Had a cup of coffee with the Seahawks and then ruptured 10 in my wrist and kind of lost my identity through that process. And did way too much partying, way too much trying to find myself, way too much 
ultimately depression mm-hmm. and pretty much came crawling to faith. I feel like right. I didn't really have, there's a lot of in-betweens in that story, but um, kind of somehow landed and faith was my only option at that point. So yeah, yeah football awesome. was fun. <laughs> I, you know, I had a cup of coffee with the Seahawks too. That's right. Yeah. That's they right. Were like, they, well, they have good coffee up there. Yeah. The, Seattle's they best. I, I mean, you know this, but I always, I always thought I was going to be a quarterback for CU. That's right. Like, you, yes. I'm still waiting for the call. Well, you know? well so did I. I, yeah. I thought I yeah, was going to be right. too. Yeah. And then they switched me to tight end. So, um, yeah, I think we both are still living that dream. Can I still play? Like, I never played for, you know, any college athletics. Do I still have eligibility? Like, if I went back for grad school and they're like, we want our 40-year-old priest to be our quarterback, could that happen? That's a great question. I don't – maybe – we did see you just had a kicker retire at the age of 33. And like when I was there, Joel Klatt played major league baseball and he was older. I think he was like 26 when he yeah, was, he was a little older. I remember that, yeah. but it's cause he had eligibility, but I don't know how that works after you've done your undergrad. So you're saying there's a chance. Maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's I a hope chance. so. I'll give him a call. Yeah. I'd love to see you suit up. <laughs> You could be a Ralph, uh, yeah. Ralphie handler. Ralphie handler. That's yeah. that's like second best. That's pretty good. It is. Be pretty awesome. So podcast. Yes. So Back if you're checking in today, this is a little bit about us. We're gonna tell you a little bit more about ourselves, how we got to where we're at in life. Um, this podcast, though, Patrick kind of said this, but we just have great conversations here. We're um, it's a cool community in our our little church here in Denver, and uh, you know Patrick coming into the church, we'll be hanging out at night, him and his lovely wife, and you definitely married up. Um, Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we'll be talking at night, and Patrick, he'll tell you about this, but he was baptized Catholic but never really practiced. And with our friendship, we just have great conversations. You know, we're, we're sitting kind of in my house just talking about life and how does one be a Catholic in the modern world? and. Oh. We're seeing what have like real honest conversations. And, and I think right now, you know, we just had the big election here in the U.S. And I feel like people don't know how to have conversations with each other. And probably a lot of you, you know, some of you might, but we're hoping that some of you who are listening, maybe you don't have a priest in your life or an XCU football player who's living a good Catholic life that you can just have an honest conversation with about like, you know, what does it mean to be a Christian right now in the modern world? And you know, isn't all this stuff irrelevant anyways? Uh, well, I think I always joke because as I start to try to understand the faith, and I think Steph, my wife, who I married up to, but she'll even say being kind of a cradle Catholic, that most of the things she just does, it's like an auto response. It just kind of, it's all she's ever done when it comes yeah. to Catholicism and beliefs and yeah. why we stand up, down, left, right, and mass and what we're doing. And now for me coming in and actually having these questions, having the opportunity to come to you. But my issue is always you tell me. And then I saw a lot of my best friends aren't Catholic or right. really practicing any faith at all. So then like when I proposed to Steph, I think the most common feedback I got was like, dude, you're not even living together. Like what? Yeah. And I knew that, you know, I was so wrapping my head around that, let alone I knew it was off the table for Steph. There was no way that was going to happen. Um, but I would always joke, like, I wish I just had you in my pocket to be like, dude, will you just explain this? Cause <laughs> I start to try to explain what you said and they just look at me even worse and it just goes downhill. So 
it's been those conversations that we have that I wish I could just point to yeah. somebody and say, hey, yes, go listen to this. When I, it's funny because I have the opposite experience in public sometimes. So <clears throat> I, I'll be like wearing my collar, and you know this. I'm like, I'll be sitting on Pearl Street in Boulder and reading a book. I've got my collar on, and one of two things happens, right? Like most people, they look at me and they're like, that guy's way too good looking to be a priest, right? You can just tell that's what they're thinking, right? <laughs> or, or the other one is like, you could just tell people maybe like have questions or they, you can tell how they feel about, oh my gosh, there's a Catholic priest and they, they usually are going to keep walking. Right. But there's probably people, it's like, if you had a friend, it's like, wow, that guy's actually a priest. Like, and if you could just be honest with them and not be in like a really contentious kind of argument or something or... But just have a real conversation, you know, I think that's kind of what we're going for, right? It's, yeah, it's a game changer. I'll never forget quick, funny story that you just reminded me of was when you and I were starting to become more friends, uh, before I started working here, I picked you up that one day to go to the football practice. Yeah, I go up to uh, Boulder, yeah. Fall camp. Yeah. And I was all excited and I'm like, yes, I'm taking, we, we call you FB around here for Father Brian. Yep, not Facebook. That's right. Uh, <laughs> the, I was uh, around before Facebook, so I'm the original. Oh, I was like, that was right in my prime. It was just coming out. You had to have a college email address on Facebook. Um, but I was all excited to pick you up, and you came out. I was like, oh, does he need like a CU shirt? What's he going to wear? And you wore your all blacks. Oh, yeah. And the all blacks are what you're wearing now. It's, it's your priest outfit. Like, yeah. it was game on. And I'll never forget going to Boulder, of all places, with a priest on the football field, right. out at practice, and everybody you could see. It was like the most interesting dynamic because people that were Catholic, whether they were still practicing or not, were eager to talk to you. Some looked at both of us like, uh, ooh, I can't go over there. I don't know what the priest is going to do. Like, It's so interesting to watch people watch you walk right. around in your All Blacks. I know it's, it's such a different dynamic and it's funny cause people come to me with me and they're like, and you can kind of tell they're a little bit like, it's a little weird. We got to go talk to the priest, especially like engaged couples. And especially when one of them's not Catholic. Oh yeah. And they're like, Oh boy. And you can just kind of feel it. And for me, you know, I'm like, I'm, I, I love being a priest and I know I'm a priest, but in some way I'm like, I'm the same kind of guy I've always been. And so it's just kind of funny cause I forget that I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I kind of intimidate people. I mean, right. Which is just a weird thing because I'm like, I'm not, you know me, I'm not exactly like a intimidating guy. I'm just a normal, down-to-earth, Easy to talk to, yeah. Easy to talk to, ridiculously good-looking priest. That's right. Um, intimidating, <laughs> not by stature. It's more of just your presence. But uh, no, it's it's also just most people, I just watch it all the time when they get around you, They there's an awkwardness, and, and I'm yeah. too naive to know different right. to... I'll ask you, why do we genuflect? Why do we do this? Why does the church say this? And and most people I feel like um, are hesitant to ask you because they feel they should know. Right. But I mean, I look at your library and it's 8,000 books deep of, you know, scripture knowledge and this and that, that there's no way people can actually comprehend all that unless really picking your brain in it. So it's been fun to be able to ask you those things. And that's where we're, I think we turned around and said, well, how do we start to just box you up and, and start to market you out there and help me explain the life I'm trying to live to people that don't get it. Well, I think, I think together it'll be fun to do this. Cause it's like, if you're tuning in today, you know <clears throat> how in the modern world we're so polarized and how do we just talk about things? 
how do you have like an honest conversation? And plus like, it'll just be fun. You know, the, the Catholic faith is like so beautiful. It's so rich. It's kind of crazy. We've got quirkiness about us. Um, but in the end, you know, uh, GK Chesterton, who you'll hear me reference sometimes, who is a Catholic convert, he talks about how Catholicism is kind of like a, you know, there's like ornate keys when people get like the key to the city and it's like this really ornate key. Skeleton key thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and he says the Catholicism is a little bit like that where people will say, look at that weird key. It looks like it belongs to like a different time. It belongs to like the medieval world. And Chesterton says the reason the key looks weird is because the door that it fits is intricate because life is complex. The church is also complex. And so like just to be able to speak to all the different kind of just amazing, mysterious things in this world and what we encounter as human beings and, you know, the, the, the wonders of science and the natural world and the heart and poetry and why are the Broncos so bad and, you know, whatever else, like there's a lot of just intricacies. And so the, the, the faith, it's not just that it's kind of odd looking, but it actually matches up with the way that the world works. And I think that's kind of, just kind of a cool thing. I think it's pretty fascinating. I, I, I think it also leads to <laughs> why we named this podcast Gregorian Rant. Right. Because when it comes to the faith and what you're saying, it's so intricate, but it's also, it's fascinating that it's been around for 2000 plus years and right. it's withstood the test of time. But as the new guy uh, coming from a very secular worldview, every time I walk in your office and you're listening to that horrific Gregorian <laughs> chant. It's so good. And I like, don't know if I want to fall asleep or like jump out the window and you've got like incense burning and all this stuff, but it's, there's a lot of truth. Like it's, it's just so it's an interesting, I don't know. I look at the faith and I'm like, well, they can really work on their marketing. Like the marketing right. is not phenomenal right. and it's still very much, you know, we should be walking around on sand and bare feet and weird things. But it's just, it's fascinating to kind of look at and try yeah. to process. But that's, that is kind of the joke about the podcast name. Totally. Well, and the, the thing it makes me think of too is like, um, in our world, you know, you talk about how like, you know, you live downtown and you're around a lot of just normal kind of hip young professionals and whatever. Um, and I think if you're Catholic and you're listening to this, sometimes like, like me, I'm like, I'm in this like Catholic bubble. And I think as Catholics, we sometimes forget that we're kind of weird you know, and you meet, you do, yeah. I mean, you meet these Catholics and like, we get all hung up on these things and we have these internal conversations. And I think sometimes Catholics, we forget that we're, we're kind of inward looking, we're insular and we need to have people where we can be having a conversation with those around us and we can be engaged with them because I think uh, the church just gets kind of weird sometimes when it looks inward too much. Um, we're supposed to be in dialogue with the world. We're supposed to be bringing the good news of Jesus to the world. And I think sometimes when we don't do that, and this can be my life sometimes, is there's these, all these things happening inside the church that the average person, it's like you walking into my office and like, why is there incense? <laughs> Which don't judge me if you're listening right now. I like incense. Get over it. Um, and Gregorian chant, you know, it's awesome. It's like good stuff. Before you came, one more note. Before you came, we started joking in our office we had an employee named John, and uh, he's still a great guy. He's still around. Um, but John, literally his favorite music was Native American flute music. 
And so in his office, there you'd hear the like Native American like flute music playing, and then I would have like classical or Gregorian chant in my office, and then Mary in her office, she's got like the Eagles playing or whatever, and it was like, what is going on in this? I feel place? like that sums up Lord's dynamic pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have music on too much in your office. I don't. I I want to, but I also, if anyone ever walks our office, I kind of have this hallway office that makes an interesting dynamic for playing music. Right. It's kind of just people walk by me. Um, no, I think uh, it, and that was when we really started to kind of dive into why we should do this podcast is the dynamic, especially for me with my best friends or even living where we do downtown is, right. you know, I, I am consistently in between these two worlds of people debating if they've, gone to mass enough, like who's gone to mass more daily mass more time than the other person. Right. And then I walk into my apartment building and it is, it's like on a Saturday during the summer, it's a mini Vegas pool party down at the pool and just a whole different dynamic that is, it's trying to just blend those and find the overlap where it's not just your own circle that you're running with. Amen. When I'm excited about that, I think, I think it's going to be good. Uh, talk about how do we make sense of faith in the modern world? How do we, um, how does a person who lives in, you know, 2020 America, how do they, how can they be Catholic? Is, is it makes, does it make sense to be Catholic in 2020? Um, is it even possible? Is it possible? You know, and how do we, how do we live that? And what happens if we don't? Um, but I think those are just fascinating questions and it'd be fun to just dialogue and talk about like, how does the faith engage in the church, engage this culture around us? How do we not be, um, how do we avoid extremes? How do we not be totally cut off from the world? But how do we also be good Catholics? And, uh, and if you're someone out there who you're like, man, I used to be Catholic or, you know, I've never been a religious person. You know, why do, why do these Christians think the way they do? Um, and I don't know. Maybe there's no good reason. <laughs> we'll, we're going to try and tell you there's a reason. but we'll... I feel like there is. And that's, you know, again, it's the nice part about this podcast, too, especially as we're living in a time of COVID and, like you said, the election and all this stuff that every day it just seems harder and harder to not only be Catholic, but to be a Christian. And especially when the worldview is, it's kind of, it's hard to own it. Like it, you know, I think right. you see it where it's like once people do own it, it's you look at their car and they have like 20 stickers of some religious thing and they're like really sending it that way. But it's it's almost it's cool and well accepted to not be of faith anymore. It's it's a hard, you know, especially in certain areas of <laughs> you live in L.A. right now. It's a it's a tough place right. to live. So trying to, I don't know, interact in everyday life, but still maintain some of those virtues that you really want to try to live by. Yeah. What do you want to do? Do you want to give a two minute, how, how you got here intro? And we'll, let's do it. Let's do it. Why don't you, why don't you tell everybody like, how did Patrick Devaney become a Catholic? I mean, you were baptized Catholic, but right. Yeah. I, so I was without choice, which even that, that's another, we had a great conversation about that where when I was getting confirmed, I wanted to be baptized and you said no. And I was like, what do you mean no? <laughs> I like, I was baptized as a baby. Like I didn't make that. I felt like I didn't make that decision. So that is ultimately even something we would 
possibly discuss later too, like hearing your explanation of that or like why Steph and I can't live together before marriage and all that kind of stuff. But, um, so I was baptized Catholic. My grandmother was devout Catholic. My mom was born and raised in all girls Catholic schools growing up, but all I, my mom has since passed. So I, I would, there's so many questions I wish I could ask her now, but all I know and all the stories revolved around the nun with the ruler. It was like, that was her environment. Um, So as soon as she turned 18, she just more or less left the faith. Just had a bad experience, bad taste in her mouth. Um, And my father was raised with no faith. So um, in high school, it was kind of the um, FCA kind of crowd um, Wait, what? You got to tell them what FCA is. Like the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Being an athlete, it was kind of like the cool thing to do. Um, you, you don't really know why you were doing it, but it was just like everyone, you got free pizza and all the cool kids went, so yeah. you kind of just participated. Um, but I, I really, faith to me was I would pray before a game to either throw a lot of touchdown passes and or not get hurt. Like it had, that's all it had to do with. Um uh, this is some good person. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the classic like Tebow in the end zone scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, just, you know, briefly touching on that, I, I ended up. The problem with athletics in my mind is they end too soon. You know, the average NFL player is uh, three years in the league before he's retired. So you're 24 years old and you're done. Um, and you never think that, right? Cause like you watch the NFL and the players like that we think of are the ones you know, like, I'm, I'm so out of it, but I just think of like John Elway, right? you know, or and Tom Brady, but he, like, yeah. even if you think of a Tom Brady, well, year, we'll fight about Tom Brady later. God, I love him. I know um, that's disordered. No. <laughs> <laughs> you lock it up. Yeah. Um, but a guy like Tom Brady is 43 and in a normal career, I mean, you're lucky if you're at the C level at that point, if you're in the, you know, CFO right. position, like you're still a vice president and you have a lot of years left. But for him, he might as well be Santa Claus, like game over for him in the next couple of years. And what that ultimately led for me was I still had, once I was done playing, my three best friends all played for the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I went through this like identity crisis of who am I? Why am I valuable? No one's calling me to figure out if they can have game tickets, let alone even ask how I'm doing. And really struggled with that. And I was living in L.A. And it was just the epicenter of keeping up with the Joneses. And uh, unexpectedly in 2015, my like kind of why in life at that point, and even my why through football was I always dreamt of buying my mom the house. Mm-hmm. Like I love those stories when you see like yeah, those you know, are the cool. kid, you know, rags to riches. And then uh, my mom went to sleep and never woke up. So she passed away so unexpectedly. And that just like rocked my world. And that ultimately spiraled in, dive into that more later, but um, went through a pretty gnarly eating disorder. And then um, as I was trying to just find control in my life, that was like the one thing that found control, but was really bad and unhealthy. Um, How old were you when your mom died? 28. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she she found her purpose in me. I, there were a lot of times I felt like football for me had it was more about her identity than it was my own a lot yeah. of times because she just lived vicariously through me. Um, 
so I, it was again just found I mean suicidal thoughts depression a lot of things that people don't like to speak about but if you look at yeah. a lot of the athletic world that happens way more often than not again you lose this sense of who you are so long story short had a few more hiccups and uh some of my biggest mentors um one of which uh my three best friends and then probably the biggest mentor i have is one of my old football coaches brian cabral um who you've gotten to know yeah he's great he's unbelievable he's a giant hawaiian teddy bear uh you don't hear that phrase too often you don't and i always thought he hated me it was like the worst coach of all time because he was (laughs) so mean but now he's like the nicest guy ever um but he introduced me to faith and at the time it really felt like life like i was kind of on a this stool and my one of the chair legs broke and was just always i could never be grounded in anything i put you know i wanted to have the planes and the riches and this and that and everything yeah. would get taken away from me so kind of started to dive into that and it felt like faith was the only thing in my life and god that would always be there no matter what happened and at that point i needed that more than ever so then i started going to the the giant walmart size like i said you get your coffee when you walk in your cookies the music's phenomenal yeah. uh, and they do so many things well so yeah. many things we talk about that all the time yeah. like there's i feel like we don't have to really recreate much it's more just replicate because they they know what they're doing they're so much better than catholics at welcoming people totally and making them feel like hey wherever you're at like it's okay like you're you belong here and yeah, get your cup of coffee and come come sit down. And- yeah, dude, the first first service I ever went to, they gave me a gift welcome bag with like a coffee mug and like all this swag that was just like, whoa, how am I getting this right now? So, um, yeah, then I met Steph online dating. This was the dynamic for me was my best friend, who I will reference probably a lot, but he he had said to me, how do you know what flavor ice cream is your favorite if you don't try all 31 flavors? I hate that analogy. But yes. Yeah. And uh, so that led to online dating because yeah. I wasn't dating. I wasn't, I had zero self-confidence in that. So anyways, it actually obviously worked out phenomenally well for me uh, meeting Steph, but we met there and, and then that was the journey. You know, I think we tried five or six different churches around Denver, none of which landed. Every time I walked in, it was, Everyone was 75 years or older and super dark, had no idea what was happening, all these weird prayers. And they're praying like the the greatest Catholic hits from 1976. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the all these weird instruments I've never even seen. Uh, They've got like the rain stick. That's right. <laughs> like, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you have a rain stick at your church, like, please, you, you got to get rid of that. Yeah. <laughs> Petition now. Uh, and, but then all of a sudden I showed up to Lord's and that... Um, you gave the homily that night and just you, know, you being a young guy uh, there was just so many things I was like wait I, this just can't be right what is happening right now and uh, I went from then to go on to be I went through the six month initiation course which you and I argue about the name of RCIA yes. um, <laughs> another challenge for me but uh, yeah it was confirmed and then next thing I know I left commercial real estate and came to work for you. Well, it's so cool. Cause I think like talking about what you went through with your mom and I'm sure we'll talk more about that at some point, but as a priest, you know, so many people, like one of the things priests see all the time and, and I'm sure Protestant pastors see this and counselors and, 
and this is right with um, coronavirus, everybody thinks that everyone's doing great except them. Right. And people come talk to me all the time and in the confessional and the suicidal thoughts and the depression and the isolation. And it's amazing how common that is. Totally. And it's a, it, people are searching, you know, they're searching for meaning in life and something that kind of can make sense of all the stuff that we all go through as human beings. Um, and it's just so cool that God led you, you know, totally. and the path you were on and, Especially, especially in the time of all this stuff. But even if you look at it before Corona or before the election or before any of that, but especially now in a world of social media, that everything, I could be the most depressed human on in planet earth, but I'm going to Photoshop the hell out of a photo, post it and act like my life is absolutely amazing. I was reading an article the other day. There's influencers, whatever you want to call that in LA where you can go to a stay like a, a set and take a photo in a private plane. You're not actually in a plane and it's not going anywhere. It's literally a set that you can go take a photo in and act like you're going to Bali on your private plane, but you just rent wow. out the space. And so when you live in that world, especially being a young person now and, and then you're super isolated with literal lockdowns, and right. all this craziness online, it's just, it's a recipe for disaster. It really is. Now, and everybody's, we got to talk more about that. The um, the world right now, and people, people are just isolated more than ever. And people talk about this a lot, you know? It's like, you have all this connectivity, but yet people are more isolated than ever. And yeah. you talk to anybody who's in counseling, you know? I, there's a priest I know in, <clears throat> in Denver who's in counseling, and he, he talks about this all the time. He's like... People are super isolated, and we, we all kind of know it, but we don't we don't turn off the the social media apps, anyways. And right, it's crazy. Um, I think we should wrap this one up. Yeah, I think we should go. For uh, it. thanks for tuning in, everybody. We're gonna be as we progress in this podcast. We're gonna be talking about all kinds of things, and we want to. If you're out there in the world and you just don't know how to make sense of things or you want to grow in faith or you're like, Hey, I'm Catholic and I don't understand why we do these things. This is going to be a great podcast for you. Uh, we want to talk about it in a very conversational way. Uh, we want to help you grow in your faith and we want to help you make sense of being a Christian in the modern world. And lastly, uh, if you're someone who's not there, we hope this is a great podcast for you to just be like, man, you know, Patrick and FB are like, my friends I've never met that I can just sit down and talk with them and have a real conversation. So that's right. And at some point we'll figure out, um, an email address and social media and all that stuff to where people can write in the questions and let me challenge you on whatever they're, they're wondering as well. Yeah. And we'll put out, uh, some influencer Instagram photos of, In of us. Airplane. In an airplane. Private airplane. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks for checking us out. We'll talk to you next time. God bless.